Good morning. I hope that you're having a wonderful Sunday morning. Happy Valentine's Day. And I hope that you're uh, staying warm. Uh, isn't it amazing how we can have the technology of still coming together, even though we're not here in the building? Uh, the one thing that is missing today is you. But we're going to have church anyway. Uh, I would like for you to uh, remember that we're in a time of a series called The Vortex, and it is the emotions that try to drag us in. And we've talked about things like fear and uh, shame and guilt and anger, and those kind of emotions will have a, a tendency to lead us to making choices, therefore creating habits, and then our character, and then our destiny. So this morning, we're going to do something different because we're going to be talking about joy, and it's a positive emotion. You know, really, when you think about it, there are two kinds of people, and the the kind of person that has gone through all kinds of obstacles in their life, they've, they've suffered trials and, and what we call at church tribulations, and it seems like they never get over it. They just kind of stay in that wounded situation or that wounded state. And most of their life, they just kind of, um, they never really live life. And then the second group of people um, are the people that have experienced joy in their life, people that have overcome those uh, issues. And, and what they have done is they have an inner peace and a joy that comes from within. And, and, and what I love about this is today the, the difference is one of the keys of lasting joy. And, and what we're going to be talking about is the ability to look beyond yourself. Now, this isn't easy. And as we've talked about these other emotions and how they draw us in like a vortex, this is something that we actually have to work on. This is something that doesn't naturally come to most of us to stay not just in a happy state, that's happenings. You know, all of us that can go through times where we're like this, but happiness is that something happens in a situation, then we can smile. We're not talking about that. We're talking about the joy that's inside of us that comes from the Lord. And, and that is our strength. You know, Adam Maslow, he's the guy that came up with all the, I'm sorry, Abraham Maslow came up with all the uh, different things of the hierarchy of need of what we need as human beings. He made a quote that really rings true in this message today, and he said it this way. Without exception, I've found that every person who was sincerely happy, radiantly alive, was living a purpose or a cause beyond himself. You know, um, as Christians, we know that to be a priority in our life as a follower of Jesus. You know, today is Valentine's Day. Uh, it's a time that we uh, really recognize those people that we love. You know, last night, Gwen and I went out to eat, and we just had a special time together. And and uh, th that's what we're talking about today, the need to recognize what God has done in our life around us with the people that he has in our life. Now, if you do have your Bible there, look in Philippians chapter 2. Uh, we do not have it on the screens this morning, but I want to read it to you. In Philippians chapter 2, the first couple verses, it's important that you uh, 
take the Word of God out or your phone or tablet or something and highlight this, that you can look back on it later because it, it will ring true every time. And the Word of God planted in our heart, it, it's going to be able to illuminate our path and show us which ways to go. So in Philippians chapter 2, it tells us that we have the potential for lasting joy. And, and here's what it says in verse one. Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if, if you have any encouragement, listen to this. If any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion. In other words, Paul says, if you have any of these benefits for following Christ, then here's what I want to recognize. And I want you to recognize because a lot of times we take for granted the things that God has placed in our life. Therefore, we're always wondering, well, why is everybody full of joy or why is everybody even happy? There's nothing to be happy about. But as a believer, we, we know we know that we've come to Christ and there's benefits. Let, let me remind you, as Paul is saying, I want you to recognize these things. The, the first thing I want you to recognize is, is that we've all been forgiven of, you know, and you can fill in the blank. God dying on the cross for us has forgiven us of our sins. Don't take that lightly. Man, what a benefit. The, the second thing is when the Father looks at us, He sees Christ and not our sin. Aren't, aren't you glad that if God had a billfold, that He'd have your picture in it? I, I think that's amazing to, to hear that as a verbal picture of how much God is proud of you. You know, Bill Johnson says it this way, I can't afford to have one thought in my mind different than what God has about me. God is proud of you. You say, well, pastor, I don't really feel like I have anything to, to show God. God knows exactly who you are and he loves you. Think about this even, that the creator of the universe, the creator that created all the planets, the universe, he created our body. Sometimes we feel like a speck, but at the same time, that little speck, God recognizes and loves us. Let me give you one more. Well, let me give you two more. The other one is that he loves us so much that he did not entrust us to some other, you know, being spirit, an angel or something like that. But he entrusted us with his own Holy Spirit. His spirit lives in us. And that's what the word of God says. You can read it in also in Philippians, but also in Ephesians that says that we have the power, the spirit of God living in us, the same power that raised Christ from the dead. He loves us so much, and the benefit of being his children is that we have his spirit in us. Now, the fifth thing, and then we'll go on, is what I want to talk about this morning. It's not all those things that God loves us, and, and he does, but I want you to understand that God loves us so much that he wants us to come together. God has given us each other. And as part of our church here at the chapel, it is so encouraging and it is such a benefit to come together and recognize each other as brothers and sisters. I know growing up as a child in a church back then, we used to call each other brother and sister. And, and the older I got, it's kind of peculiar. But every time you'd say, you know, sister Forkwer or, or brother, you know, Rich or whoever, it brought back to your 
uh, mind how much that we're close together and how much that is a benefit, especially today in the world that we live in, that it seems like people are drifting further and further apart. We got everything. And my mother wouldn't say, John, you don't say gots, but we have everything necessary for everlasting joy right now in our life. The second verse of Philippians chapter 2 says it this way. Then, if you can recognize all those things that God has for you, even the ability to come together and we have each other, then make my joy complete by why? By how? By being like-minded. Having the same love, being one in spirit and one in mind. You know, um, one time I heard a story about a, a group that was a group of tourists that were in California and they were going through the sequoia forest of the great trees and they're, they're huge. And the tour guide was showing them and he, he pointed out that some of them were kind of losing their leaves. They were getting older and some of them had caught maybe a disease and were kind of on a, a sick basis of a tree. But the tourists were, were noticing that none of them had fallen. And the tour guide explained, even though these trees really don't have deep roots, and a guy from the south said, well, that that's impossible, isn't it? Because all that I've heard is that the taller the tree, the deeper the roots. The tour guide being informed and having wisdom of those trees said that that's true most of the time. But these trees are different. These are sequoia trees. They only grow in groves. And because they grow only in groves, their roots don't go as deep, and therefore they interlock with one another. Isn't that cool? And he said, do you see those trees right there? He says, even though they're getting older, they will not fall, because all the other ones will not let them go. They continue to lock their roots together and hold them as a grove of trees. You know, that that's so unheard of in the world that we live in. You know, rather, really the story that kind of rings true in, in the culture that we live, hopefully not our church, but it's a story of the Lone Ranger and Tonto. And Lone Ranger and Tonto, you know, that old, probably 1940s and 50s Western adventure. I know that I watched them growing up, even though they, they were old when I watched them. But the, the, the whole theme was that Tonto was kind of his sidekick. And the story goes that Lone Ranger, the Lone Ranger and Tonto rode into a, a canyon and they were surrounded on all the sides by huge mountains and walls. And, and they turned around and a whole hurt, I mean, just a, a, a whole group of Indian warriors were coming in behind them. They were stuck and the Lone Ranger looked at Tonto and said, Oh no, what are we going to do? And Tonto said, What do you mean we? Paleface. That's a joke that kind of rings true in the culture we live. Everybody doing what they see fit, what they think is right for themselves. Let me give you three things today in this message and then we'll start wrapping it up. The three kinds of people that you know and you see and hopefully that you can identify one of these in yourself is the first group of people are the people that are dependent. Their dependence on is focused on somebody else. Their dependence is focused maybe on you.
As children, we come into this world and we're dependent upon our mothers and our fathers to take care of us, to provide for us. I remember Gwen and I having four children. It, it, they're dependent on us. That means that we could not just say, you know, we're going to go on a date and leave our children in baby uh, beds and, and cradles and and car seats in the living room and wave at them and say, we'll see you in a couple hours. Hope you do well. No, they were dependent upon us. So wherever we went, we took them and we took care of them. There's a need in everyone's life when they're young to be dependent. But hopefully that as we grow older, that we grow out of being dependent upon somebody just on them. It's the same thing. Parents sometimes can even be dependent upon their children. But that's not what God calls us to be. The second group of people are the people that are independent. And really, uh, it's a sign of selfishness, even though that a lot of people think, you know, that we live in America and we declared our independence. But when it comes to individual independence, really what that's saying is kind of like Frank Sinatra's song, I did it my way. And it sounds so um, valuable to have a, an independence attitude. But the truth of the matter is, a person that is constantly seeking independence from everybody else saying, you know, I, I don't need anybody, is not what God has led us to believe for us. That That's not the way to go. You know, it, it's something when, when we're children, we're dependent. But then we get to being a teenager and we seek our independence and we don't follow our parents anymore. And, and, you know, if you've been a part of the church, I call it the stupid stage where sometimes as teenagers, we begin to look at everybody and I don't need you and you're stupid and I'm not going to listen to you. But isn't it something as we grow older, a lot of times children, when they turn 25, move back in with the parents that they were not in agreement with that they declared their independence when they were younger in teenage years, but then they moved back. I'm not encouraging us to be people that are dependent or just people that are independent, but the, the third group of people, and this is what I believe the Word of God encourages us to be, and that is interdependent. And interdependence means that we focus on us. Now, this this is something that, again, is something of an optimal lifestyle. It's something that is not usually taught in our schools, and it's not taught in our culture. But but just for the next few seconds, or hopefully seconds, but minutes, you, you stay focused, because this is something that I believe God has for us, that we need each other. Now, now let me say this. Now, we, we've talked about the seven habits of highly effective Christians, and, and the book that came out, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, were by Stephen Covey. He put it this way. Dependent people need others to get what they want. Independent people can get what they want through their own effort. Interdependent people combine their own efforts with the efforts of others to achieve their greatest success. Really, another way of saying it is synergy is that we can do more together than we can apart. That's why we can 
support missions in in a couple weeks we were going to do it today but because we're not together we're going to wait until the last sunday of february and we're going to take up an offering for alive at last it's a ministry that we're involved in and it's it it uh educates and helps ladies that have come out of the sex trafficking business and and Gwen is involved very um, very in depth in this and helps ladies but but together as we come together think about it that there might be somebody that could give a great offering but together we can do so much more because we're doing it together than we can as individuals that's what we're talking about you know as a church to get to an optimal, uh, optimum level of living, especially together, we, we have to understand that we're not just focused inward, but also outward. Um, as a church, I, I don't want to get to the place where we just come, and, and it's amazing. In the last couple of weeks, we've had visitors come, and they've said, you know, your church is the friendliest church. We, we do not live in this area, but we've visited several churches, and every time that we come to this church when we're in town, it is amazing how friendly your people is, that, that how friendly your people are. And that's what we're talking about, is realizing that we are not just inward-focused as a church, but outward-focused. Let me continue reading in Philippians chapter 2, verse 3 and 4. He's saying, after being of one mind and one purpose, he says, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself. Not looking to your own interest, but each of you to the interest of others. You know, there's there's a certain group of people that are involved in ministry that you know that's happening because they they go out of their way to say hi to somebody. They go out of their way, as we have done when there's people in our church that have um, just recently uh, a lady in our church hurt her leg and people are bringing food to her so she can uh, have dinner and and different meals. There's there's people that have had children that we bring meals to. There's people that have been in the hospital the people will go over and visit them now now that's what we're talking about that that we look outside of ourselves that we don't just grow a church of people but we grow healthy people that are helping each other jesus calls us to be servants and as a church this is such a key this, this is valentine's day and i encourage you as uh husbands and wives and some of you are dating somebody that you love very much and i encourage you because a lot of times during this time we we get to the point that we're in a uh, this message is on joy but remember joy is part of a characteristic one of the characteristics of the fruit of the spirit you know Joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control are all characteristics. But all of those, including joy, hang on love. So when you're experiencing Valentine's Day, the love that you have for one another, and you might give, as I did Gwen, uh, a box of chocolates, I gave her another present, and and it, it, it's kind of if we're not careful, gets into the ooey gooey. Just a just a we didn't have a choice, you know. We we fell into love. That's not it. It's a choice, 
And, and what Paul is saying in Philippians, to have joy, it's based on love and trust in God that what goes on the outside doesn't dictate what goes on the inside. So, as you that are married, to look at this passage. Now, I want you to end this message and, and listen to this, that God loved us so much that he gave us an example. It says that he humbled himself. The key to having joy is humility. He humbled himself and became as a servant and came and died on a cross for you and me. It's up to you if we, if you follow that example, if you want joy to humble yourself, to give of yourself and not just look for other people to fulfill your happiness or your joy. I want to end with this story and it's a story about a paralyzed husband. He had been paralyzed for years and he wrote a letter his unborn child so that his unborn child before the child was even born would have this letter to always hold on to this man says your mother is very special few men know what it's like to receive appreciation for taking their wives out to dinner what it entails what it does for us it means she has to dress me, shave me, brush my teeth, comb my hair, wheel me out of the house and down the steps to open the garage, put me in the car, take the pedals of the chair out and stand me up, set me in the seat of the car, twist me around so that I'm comfortable, fold the wheelchair, put it in the car, Go around to the other side of the car and start it up. Back it out. Get out of the car. Put the garage door down. Get back into the car. Unfold the wheelchair. Open the door. Spin me around. Stand me up. Seat me back into the chair. Pushes the pedals out. Closes and locks the car wheels me into the restaurant, then takes the pedals off of the wheelchair so I won't be uncomfortable. We sit down to have dinner, and she feeds me through the entire meal. When it's over, she pays the bill, pushes the wheelchair out to the car again, and reverses the same routine. When it's all over, finished, with real warmth, then she'll say, Honey, thank you for taking me out to dinner. He said, I never know quite what to say. Now this morning, or whenever you're watching this, it's a wonderful illustration of someone's love for another person. As we know as the chapel, our greatest desire and our mission, we stated every Sunday, is to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, 
and then to love your neighbor as yourself. We even have invented a five-minute window that we give you a chance to really do that. It's called halftime where you circulate through the, the building and shake hands and get to know somebody to put their needs in front of your needs, to listen. As we come to the end of the series on the vortex, the emotions that try to drag you in, I want you to remember that those are emotions that keep us from doing the will of God in our life, that keep us from being balanced. But this is an emotion that I want you to be uh, educated in, informed, but I want you to be wise in and actually applying it to your life every day. Don't let emotions like anger and fear and and uh, shame and guilt, all those other things, th- those are emotions that will lead you to a path that you don't want to go. But if you will put others' needs in front of your needs, if you'll minister, if you'll humble yourself, the Bible says the joy of the Lord will come into your life. That's something that all of us can use. And people will look for you in a crowd because they know that what you possess, the joy of the Lord is your strength. The joy of the Lord. See, the enemy comes to steal the joy from you. But I want to encourage you to say, no, it is something of value to me. And I will put the things of God first. I will put the other, the things other people need, even in front of my own interest. I know I'm asking you something that is not natural, but maybe during this Valentine season where you're looking at your spouse or your your loved one with appreciation, again, that you'll remember this message on joy. I hope to see you next Sunday. We have a guest speaker. His name is Roger Lewis coming on the 21st. It'll be a special day that we can come together and and the weather looks like it's going to... uh, be better. Then on the 28th, we've kind of moved our offering for Alive at Last to that last Sunday. Uh, on that Sunday, I want to encourage you to bring something. It might be a dollar or it might be a million dollars. But bring something. And then as a church, again, together, we're going to do so much more than we could apart. Hope to see you soon. Stay warm. God bless you.